Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. And amen. Are you ready this morning? All right, amen. You guys worship pretty good. I was looking back. B minus. You weren't loud enough. Some of you might have been a long week. Might have got dragged down by politics. I don't know. This is driving me nuts. Hold on. There we go. Wait. There we go. I'm a little type A. Just a smidgy, little smidgy type A person. These are big times right now. I don't have really a COVID update like I usually do, but I've got lots of stuff bouncing around in my head. You know, these are big times. There's big things happening at the Supreme Court. Big things. And see, what should be happening with the church is, as you hear me say all the time around here, and you only hear in sprinkled other places throughout the world, we are very unique here. There's only a few places like this in the world. Now listen, you may think that's some sort of bold-faced advertising or egomania. It's not. I wish it wasn't the case. I wish this was the church. International. I do. I really do wish it, even if it cost me my job. And maybe there's a lot of other more qualified, nicer people that should be preaching and pastoring. I don't know. More men, more of the people. I have no idea. But what should be happening right now is the church should be out in front of all of this, the things that are happening in the Supreme Court. What is happening in the Supreme Court right now? I didn't come to church for politics. This isn't politics. Politics is taxation. It's not whether a baby should live or die. I think the church ought to sound its opinion in that arena. I think that when you're dealing with the Joseph Mengele of our times named Anthony Fauci, who's conducting a worldwide experiment with an experimental vaccine, that's what's up for the Supreme Court right now, starting on Thursday, that the church ought to be sounding off about it because hundreds of thousands of people are dying. You have, you have, you have world-class athletes around the globe to the tune of three to 400 now, clutching their chests in the middle of soccer matches and dropping dead. And you have the media acting like, well, this happens all the time. No, it doesn't. A very prominent politician in England just dropped dead. 13-year-old boy just dropped dead. What do they all have in common? Double-vaxxed and boosted. I think the church ought to say something. If Jesus is the word and you are Christians and God so loved the world is what the word says in John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us, Romans chapter five, verse eight. Then we ought to care for the lives of the saved and unsaved. We ought to be stepping up. If God puts priority on human life, ought we not to do the same? And I mean freaking vocally. 
Well, I show them my love and what I do. Not enough. Sick of the excuses to be a coward. Sick of it. I don't want to hear your cowardice excuses about why you don't speak up. And believe me, I'm not necessarily talking to anybody in this room because you're a maniac like me if you dare show up at this church. And as we transition into a bigger facility, we need to gather all the other maniacs in Sarasota and Charlotte County and bring them all under one roof. Because a lot of them, they believe it or not, haven't heard of, there's a lot of people that have heard of us, believe me, but there's people that have not, and they're still sitting in their lukewarm, castrated, neutered churches, and they need to be coming to a church that has a bleep. Is that what should be what should be happening right now? What's going on in front of the Supreme Court? You have the vaccine mandate going on right at this very moment. Roe v. Wade's coming. It's gonna be there. You're talking about the number one cause of death in the world last year, 2021. 41.2 million babies butchered in the womb that were reported. Who knows how many there really was. The, the two largest abortion states in America, the ones that put out the most abortions are New York and California, of course. They just love to vacuum out the brains of the unborn. But here's the thing. They don't even have to report their abortions. Who knows how many there really were. I think the church ought to care about the souls that God knew before he formed them in the very wombs they were sucked out of. But where is the church right now? Tom, you talk about this all the time. That's right. Do you ever read, do you ever read the apostles? Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews. Do you read those? What did Paul do? He's exhorting the church. Come on. So you don't ever stop. So what should, what should the church be doing right now? They should be standing up. They should be saying things. But who's doing it instead? Conservative politicians and attorneys general. That's who's doing it. Where's the church? Why are they not scared of the church? What, what, what's there to be scared of? Anthony Fauci says jump. The church says. What do you, what, what's there to be afraid of? They know, they know that the church will do what they're told. The church should be standing up. And listen, by the way, we are winning. They're turning on each other. Badly. They're turning on each other. You have this, you have the teachers unions in Chicago going now against the federal government. Why? Not the federal government, the local government, all of which are hyper-liberal. Teachers don't want to go back to work. It's awfully nice not working. If you're a teacher and you're offended by that, I don't care. So just relax, because I don't care. So if you know that I'll never care, you can relax about your offense. (laughs) See what I mean? It won't ever do you any good to be offended here, because I'll never care. So then you can just relax, right? You can just relax. So Lori Lightford's learned a valuable lesson that the pastors in America have learned. That if you teach people not to work, if you teach people not to come to church, they won't. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever you put in the ground is coming up. 
It, but you know what that means? Whatever you put in the ground is coming up. <clears throat> if you sow non-attendance, you're gonna get non-attendance at work or at church. So that you, how, I mean, if you're, make, if you're in Chicago and you're making six figures as a teacher, which they are, and you work nine months out of the year anyway, and you're like, Tom, what do you hate teachers? No, both my parents were teachers. Both my parents. So I don't hate teachers at all. But you work nine months out of the year, and now you get to make 110,000 bucks a year, not going at all to work. Listen, I love, I lo listen, I love not going to work. I love getting up in the morning having nothing to do. I, I put on one of my greasy stained t-shirts, prance around that, I didn't do absolutely nothing. And all you gotta do is click on your little Zoom thing for the, you know, for the day for some intermittent classes. Pretty nice life not to have to get into rush hour traffic in Chicago, right? Yeah, well, they're turning on each other. Because now you have uh, hyper-COVID people fighting hyper-COVID people. It's exactly what we want. It's very biblical. And you should be praying that way. Another victory is Pfizer. The glorious, suddenly that everybody in America trusts has lost tens, I'm talking hundreds of billions of dollars in lawsuits for killing people. Wait, that's not the news. That's in the past. That's in the past. They've already done all that before we even gathered here today. They've, been, they've, they've, they've had to answer in lawsuits with billions of dollars for killing people, for bribing doctors. It's all absolute fact. So right now, what's going on in court there? Well, Pfizer's trying to slow walk the release of all their vaccine data. Why would you do that? And who's fighting the fight for them? Who, listen now, listen. Don't say a word for a minute. Listen, who's fighting the fight for them? At the FDA. The FDA is in court. The Food and Drug Administration that you pay for with your tax dollars is in court right now. Fighting in court for Pfizer to not have to release their information. So what's happening though? They just got overruled. First they tried to slow walk the release of their information for 55 years. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest their deeds be exposed. That's Jesus talking, John chapter three, verse 20. Why would you not want to release your data? That sounds a little strange, does it not? Why does that not wake up the international community? Why does that not wake up the church? When, now they changed it. They didn't want just 55 years. They didn't want to release it for 75 years. And the judge just overruled that and says, you know what? Instead of you be, being able to, own, to release 500 pages a year, you have to release 55,000 pages a month. So it went this way. Instead of... Instead of 75 years, they have to release all their information in eight months. Why would you not want, you know why they don't want to release their information? It's because there is no controlled study. There's nothing. What you're supposed to do when you are uh, creating a vaccine, first of all, that usually takes 10 to 15 years instead of 12 to 14 months. What you're supposed to do is a controlled study. 
where you're giving this group of people the vax, this group of people a placebo. But as soon as they got their EUA, they canceled the placebo group and vaxed them all. So now there's no data that says, here's what happens to the vaxed and here's what happens to the unvaxed. That data is coming from where? From the people they're vaxing right now globally. The reason why they're rushing to vaccinate kids, as I told you last week, is it shields them from all liability. Once the EUA runs out, the emergency use authorization, which shields them from all liability, you can go in, take the vaccine, drop dead, and your family can't do a daggum thing about it. Not a thing. You can't even file a lawsuit. Nothing. That's the EUA. Now that runs out. But if you're vaccinating juveniles, the EUA never runs out. The EUA in, on paper runs out, but the liability, liability protection never does. That's why, listen, that's, these, the love of money is the root of all evil. All of these rage against the machine progressive liberals who used to hate the man, they hate the corporations, they hate the cops, they hate the man. They love these companies now? Suddenly you trust them and all of the conservatives and Christians, they hate masking, they hate vax mandates, they hate that their schools have been canceled. They hate abortion. But then they take the vaccine of the propagators of all of those things. If you've taken the vaccination, you need to be prayed over. Look at me. Stat. Stat. I'm telling you, it has only just begun. This is a coordinated effort to usher in the antichrist spirit. This is a coordinated effort to kill as many human beings as possible by the hater of all human life and his agents who transform themselves, all of them. Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light and so do his ministers. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 14 and 15. So do his ministers. Look at us out there saving lives. The saving lives. So in 22 months of 15 days to flatten the curve, 5 million people, according to them, have died of COVID. Those same lifesavers that are trying to save those 5 million propagated the deaths of 41.2 million. How does that make sense? Oh, let me, just, let me just get that vaccine from those people as quickly into my arm as I possibly can. They, would, they, they have my best interest at heart. There you go. There's your COVID update. So now I'll try to preach the gospel. That's all the gospel, by the way. If you're not seeing the connection, I see it pops up every now and then. I think my crew on the podcast, no, one of them was, it was just hope. So I can't even blame the crew. It was hope. This is one I saw myself. I think hope purposely told me about some woman commenting last night to stir me up in the podcast. Well, I don't understand how this could be a church. It's because you don't read your Bible. You have no idea what's in the Bible. And neither, by the way, does, do most pastors. So just go ahead and go to one of their churches. You'll feel very comfortable there. I start off this morning, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 6 through 7. 
And now you know, this is where we left off last week in the second service. That's why I'm telling you guys, make sure you watch the second service. And the second service has to watch the first service. I know that's a lot to ask, but once again, I don't care. You listen to other stuff all week long anyway. Take, take an hour, drive to work. You can listen to this anywhere, anytime. They all connect together. This is where I left off the second service last week. 2 Thessalonians 2, 6 and 7. And now you know what is restraining. Notice that it says what is restraining and that he may be revealed in his own time. Who's going to be revealed and what is restraining? For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. How many of you want great years ahead? How many of you want your kids to have kids? Then you're going to have to do this. Mike, where's my mic? Whatever's going on. There we go. Why does that thing cut out? I hate that. I'm switching back to the handheld. I am. I'm going to switch back. This thing's driving me nuts. Keeps cutting out. I just speak about everything. <laughs> Drives me nuts. I'm going to do it. I'm going to throw a temper tantrum on this stage and rip it off again. <laughs> I'll repent later. For the mystery of lawlessness, verse 7, is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he, he, he is taken out of the way. It switches from what to he because it's both. Who is restraining and what are we restraining? Who is it? The body of Christ. The temple of the Holy Spirit, the body of Christ, is restraining the man of perdition being revealed. People should be lining up to thank us instead of hating us. But if you want the, the future that I just dictated to you a moment ago, you're going to have to be the restraining. Which I feel somewhat like I'm preaching to the choir because you already are, most of you in this room, unless you're already offended. Then, it, then you're not. What are we talking about, I'm off again. Yeah, I know it's not your fault. It's not your fault. I know it's not your fault. I'm not mad at you at all. I'm going to give it one more chance. I'm tearing this thing off my head for forever. Bye-bye. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Bye. I'm not using this thing ever again. Turn this on, Norm. I have no idea how to work it either. Bye-bye. There we go. Checking one, two. There we are. No more of that thing. So what are we talking about? Revelation chapter 14, starting in verse 14 through 16. Reaping the earth's harvest. This is not what we're restraining. I'll make that clear in a minute. Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and on the cloud sat one like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the throne, thrust your sickle, in, th thrust your sickle and reap, for the time has come for you to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he who sat on the cloud thrust his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. No one knows about the day or hour. 
No one knows about the day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but only the father. Jesus has to be told by an angel, it is time for you to harvest the church. He has to be told. Now what we are, now that's the end game. You shouldn't be shooting for that end game. You should be shooting to be the restrainer. Because that's what you're called to do. No one knows about the angel. No, I mean, nobody knows about that day or hour. Jesus doesn't know. An angel has to come and notify him. So that shouldn't be on your mind. Except you should be able to read the signs of the times. You should be shooting to be the restrainer. So the question that all Christians have to be asked is this. Am I a restrainer or am I an usher? Which one am I? Am I causing people to take the mark or am I causing people to not take the mark? They should be asking themselves that very simple question. And now you know what is restraining, and he may be revealed in his own time, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Who would be taken out of the way? Revelation chapter 14 is when you, if you are saved, are taken out of the way. And when that, that's Revelation chapter 14. Tom, that means you're a mid-tribber. Yep. Prove me wrong. With Bible verses. You can't. I've been around a long time. You can't. You, you can prove your, me wrong with your thoughts and feelings in your own thoughts and feelings. But you can't prove me wrong biblically. So decide where you stand in that question. The question is, am I a restrainer or am I an usher? Which one am I? Let's look deeper. What are we restraining? 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 1 through 5. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our own gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled. Should you in this calamitous time be shaken or troubled. No, conduct your business. But in the midst of doing those things, and what I mean by business is everything, family, friends, actual business, church, conduct your business. You're shaken if you closed. You're shaken, you're moved. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Psalm chapter 16, verse 8. I shall not be moved. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through 18. The armor of God. You are to stand. Period. You are to be a restrainer. Not a twig on the river of life. People should be thinking, man, he's a stick in the mud. Yep. He's a fly in the ointment. Yep. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, back to 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 5. In our gathering together to him, we ask you, 
not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ has come. Let no one deceive you by any means. For that day, what day? That goes back to Revelation chapter 14, where Jesus puts down his sickle, uses his sickle, and thrusts his sickle into the earth and harvests the church. That day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshiped. Has this happened? No, it hasn't happened. Don't listen to any cotton candy doofus that tells you that it has. Just like the same cotton candy theological doofuses that call the vaccine the mark of the beast. The vaccine itself is not the mark of the beast. The vaccine passport for sure is a precursor to the mark of the beast. And that's what it's been about from day one. It's never been about health. All you, all you COVID caving Christians that are watching right now, it's never been about your health from day one. So stop excusing yourselves for locking down your churches, strapping lies on your face, and pumping yourself through, full of an mRNA vaccination. Stop making excuses and repent. It's all been about getting to where we are right now, and it only took them 22 months of 15 days to flatten the curve. It's been about day one. Let's get to the vaccine passport. Let's get to the vaccine passport. Why? For them to control you. Why do they want to control you? Why? Look at me. Why? Why would anybody want to control you? Why? What's the root of all evil? If they can control your actions, they can steer you to where they make money. That's all it's about. They can track your movements. Listen, we are such, and I'm saying we, there may be some exceptions in the room, but we are such sheep. We let ourselves be tracked by these devices. If I'm talking to Daniel here, we start talking about 357 Magnums. After church, I guarantee you Remington's going to pop up on my screen later on. Well, we don't listen to your conversations. Yeah, right. Every, I, I bring up anything, anywhere. If I talk to, if I talk to Dave about uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, what pops up on my screen? Hap, I used to be astonished by it. Now I expect it. You need to be turning off these tracking devices, which you can. Well, it, you know, it inhibits... You know, what the, my phone can do. Who cares? Most of them looking around the room here. I'm, sp I'm scanning the, the approximate age range in this room. Most of you in this room remember when there weren't any of these things. If I wasn't pastoring a church, I'd have nothing more than a flip phone. That's it. I don't want people knowing everything that I do, but that's, that is the reason why it is. It, oh, the word of God is always, don't make it more insidious than it is. It's people wanting to make money. Why would somebody want to lower the earth's population to save their own fortune? 
That's all that it's about is the love of money. They want to track you, control you, suppress you, make you own nothing while they own everything. You owe, you'll hear Prince Charles all the time out there. We're coming to a climax of climate, you know, that's coming, and we're going to need to make big decisions in the upcoming years. What sacrifice is he making? You ever asked? You want people to make sacrifices. The actor, Michael Rappaport, is his name? Galactic liberal. Came out. Come out on the hyper left of everything. You know, likes to do screaming, F-bomb, laden Facebook lives. But the thing about the guy is he's a major climate activist. You know what he does? He doesn't go anywhere but on his bicycle. At least he lives it. Unlike the Learjet liberals flying off to Davos for their world climate summit in their, in their private jet, where you could stack 10, 20 liberals in one jet, they all take their own. There was 400 of them at the last climate summit. 400 private jets. While Bezos and Gates are off the coast on their gas diesel guzzling yachts, parting it up. Why would you pump their vaccine into your veins? Christians, what are you doing? You're like, Tom, you could talk about this. Yeah, I'm struggling not to talk about it the entire time. <laughs> Let no man deceive you with vain words. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. For that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that sits or that is worshiped so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So what are we restraining? Now that is unspecific. Let's get into the specific. What are we restraining? Revelation chapter 13, 1 through 15. Tommy, sure to read a lot of Bible verses. What's the point of being a Christian if you don't? If Jesus is the word, then what's the point of being a Christian if the Bible is not your version of Jesus because it is the only version of Jesus? Jesus is the word itself, unchanging, unmitigated word of God. That's who Jesus is. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This is it. So what are we trying to restrain? Revelation 13, 1 through 15. The beast from the sea. Then I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads... On his heads, that's rough, a blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bear and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power. The devil gives the beast his power, his throne and his great authority. And I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world marveled and followed the beast. So they worshiped the dragon who gave authority to the beast and they worshiped the beast saying, who is like the beast? It's like a song we sing. Who is like the Lord? Oh, here they are. Who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And he was given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies and he was given authority to continue 42 months. Then he opened his mouth 
in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. It was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them, and authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. All who dwell on earth will worship him, whose names have not been written in the Lamb's book of life, in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. If anyone has ear to hear, let him hear. He who leads into captivity shall be shall go into captivity. He who kills with a sword must be killed with a sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. 11 now, verse 11, titled, The Beast from the Earth. Then I saw another beast coming out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon, of course. And he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence. And causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Many false prophets and false Christs will arise and deceive many people because of their great works. To the extent that even the elect could be fooled. Matthew 24, 24. He performs great signs that that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. If it's not done in the name of Jesus, understand that the supernatural is powerful. The devil does not compare to God, but the devil does have power. And he deceives, but the devil is the prince of the power of the air. It's pretty powerful. Who runs the earth, God or the devil? He doesn't run us. We're an invading army. We are, like, we are like the Israelites. Everything in the Bible lines up. We're like the Israelites' threat to the Egyptians. The Israelites were getting so big, Pharaoh was getting nervous. Though this earth is run by the devil, we are the Israelites. Spiritually, we are the Israelites. We are a threat to the prince of the power of the air. We make him nervous, at least those of us who abide in the word of God. And don't cower in the midst of a 99.9% survivable virus. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs, which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. He was granted power to give breath to the image. Tom, is this literal? Yes, this is going to happen. If you don't believe this, then why do you trust Jesus as Savior? You never saw that happen either. Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus was seen by hundreds of people after he rose from the dead. Jesus' resurrection caused other graves to be opened. Dead people were walking around. Hey, there's Grandpa. Those things happen. Stop with your unbelief. As much as those things happen, this will happen. And also what will happen is you'll be sickled off this earth. It's going to happen. It's real. Live like it's real. Because it is. Someday your eyes will gaze upon the great white throne judgment too. So stop calling your kids that aren't saved, saved. Stop calling your friends that aren't saved, saved. 
Stop calling your siblings that aren't saved, saved. Because someday you will see them ushered into the lake of fire. All the while you called them saved. So are you an usher? Or a restrainer? This is going to happen. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast. Oh, I got there. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast. That the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. Now, Paul wrote this. He wrote this. He said, so back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 5. Do you not remember? Now, what is he talking about? Remember, 2 Thessalonians up to verse 5 is talking about the church. The body of Christ, the temple of the Holy Spirit, being the restraining, holding that back. The first beast with the power of the dragon. The second beast with the power of the dragon, a dragon upholding the first beast. We are the restraining. Most of the earth will worship the beast. By name, without hesitation, look at me now, they won't know it. You think everybody knows right now that the vaccine passport is the precursor to the mark of the beast? They don't know. The church doesn't know it. Because the church is destroyed for? There you go. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. And that no one may buy or sell except the one who has the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. Revelation 13, 16 and 17. Where's the church? Why is the church not having worldwide revivals? Well, everybody, I remember back in 1987 when I got saved. There's friends of mine in here from high school. You're like, what happened to you? That's when I got saved. I was a dork all through high school. Still a dork, but now I'm a saved one. Why does that not cause a worldwide revival? I remember back in 1987, everybody talked that if we ever saw something like that, we'd all rise. 24-hour prayer meetings, fasting, battling against the beast, battling against the mark of the beast. What happened? Stop preaching the Bible. 1987, you were getting the Bible in every church. They weren't afraid that, well, you know what, I don't feel like transgender people feel comfortable here. Who cares? I don't care if a homosexual is comfortable in here. I don't care if a heterosexual is comfortable in here. I don't care about who's comfortable. Man, woman, anybody else. I don't care. Black, white, don't care. Preach the word. Be instant. Now, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. What's the next verse? For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. That sounds interesting. That sounds familiar. Well, we take great pride that we have connected with the homosexual community. Tom, so you're, what are you just bashing homosexuals? Yeah. Yeah. Just like I bash myself for watching pornography. If I don't stop, if, if I hadn't stopped watching pornography, I'd go straight to hell. If I hadn't stopped my own personal sexual sinning, I would have gone to hell. Some of you are looking, oh man, I'm so sad for you. Man, don't bother. I know who you are. I'm one of you. 
And I know the daily temptation that you go through with this device. Don't turn that garbage on. You may go straight to hell for it. Once you go in, you may never come back. I've told you this before, but when I was a kid, you had to humiliate yourself to get porn. Drive to 7-Eleven. Be at the counter where, of course, there's a lady working the counter. Try to get the porn behind the, behind the lady. That was fun. Sounds like you've done it, Tom. I did. I think about this in terms of my salvation. You're supposed to talk about the power. You're supposed to use the power of your testimony, right? How do you know if you're saved? We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar and the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. First John chapter two, three through six, right? So I think in terms of my own salvation, I remember when I got saved, because this is going to be in the second service, but I'll give you a little bit of it, a little taste. You have to ask these days if somebody's actually saved. I don't care whether you come here and you claim salvation, you got saved here, you got saved. But in most other churches, I don't trust them at all. You have to ask. So how do you know? Because you can tell because the person is obedient. So you're talking about perfection? No, using my own salvation. Here it is. When I first got saved, the only thing I knew to do was stop cussing because that was my initial conviction. Holy Spirit went after my mouth. Every other word coming out of my mouth when I was 18 years old in 1987 was the F word. Every other word coming out of my mouth, unless my mother or father was standing there, was the F word. And God said, stop doing that. In the midst of me stopping doing that, I had porn all over my room and had no idea. And then God went after that almost immediately. I think I got like a month reprieve. And then good conviction of the Holy Spirit comes. Look at me now. Now what do you do? If you're me and women are not available, porn's all I had. You know, some of you are like, how, how can you speak like this? Look at me, look at me. I don't care. You might think he acts like he doesn't care. Ask my wife. I don't care. I don't care. He's a pervert. I don't care that you think that. At that time, it was accurate. And God said, you will now have to stop lusting. Now what do you do? Now what do you do? You're going to count the cost? Most people don't, and they call themselves Christians. Those on the rock are the ones who receive with word with joy when they hear, but they have no root. They believe for, for a while, but in the time of testing, fall away. Luke 8, 13. That's what you have to do. And that's what the church doesn't teach. And that's why when COVID came marching in, everybody caved. Because they have no idea what it means to stand. No idea. Nobody's ever taught them. How, how, how can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? Romans 10, 14. I had people teach me that. You couldn't go to the church that I went to and abide in pornography. You would have been guilt or conviction ridden. 
As it should be. Oh, Tom, you shouldn't make people feel guilty. Who told you that? Who told you that? Oprah? She's a globalist who wants you marked, tracked, controlled, and suppressed. And is absolutely fine with butchering your unborn. So Paul says, once again, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 5. Do you not remember... That when I was still with you, I told you these things. I told you that we are the restraining. I told you that we are holding back the revelation, the revealing of the son of perdition, the beast one, the beast two. I told you this. What church could ask that same question? Remember I told you? I don't think any church has told their congregation outside of very few. River Church, Tampa, Greg Locke, Jonathan Shuttlesworth, Arthur Pulaski, the heroes in the faith that you're seeing stand now. I told you last week, Arthur got arrested again. We just sent him $10,000. Somebody's got to help him. He's out in the snow every day, going up to cops and calling them Gestapo. Good for him. Can't buy, sell, trade, or travel? Where's the rest of the church in Canada? Don't worry, I got an update for you on that in just a minute. What are we restraining then? Paul said, remember, I told you this stuff. You ever think about how interesting it is that Paul told him this stuff? Paul's letters are referred to as scriptures. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 16. So Paul was actually writing the Bible at this time. Who's telling him about this stuff? His own revelatory knowledge from having the Torah memorized. So Paul was telling him this stuff. We are the restraining. So what are we restraining? We're restraining the great falling away by not falling away ourselves. We are keeping this world safe. We are giving this world an opportunity to be saved. When we're gone, it's over. There will be a few people that make it at the end that somehow make it through the time of great tribulation. We will see a sliver of the great tribulation up to Revelation 14, but the worst of it, you'll be gone. Most everybody, now look, do you realize, nobody realizes how big the earth is, including me. No one can comprehend what goes on under the sun. Despite all his efforts to search it out, man cannot discover its meaning. Even if a wise man claims he knows, he cannot really comprehend it, but it's Ecclesiastes. He can't really comprehend it. You realize how large the earth is and how big the book of Revelation is? When you're talking about the blood of humanity being spilled to the height of worldwide of a horse's bridle by angels, we have a big responsibility to hold back and allow people to get saved. They don't want to be there. You're talking about by that time, 8 billion people here. 8 billion people. And what does the church do? Camouflage themselves and conform to the pattern of this world. In the exact opposite direction of scripture that tells you to do not conform to the pattern of this world. 
So we're restraining the great falling away by not falling away ourselves. We are holding it back as the rest of the worldwide church caves. Time after time after time. They're still caving. Where are they? I want you to think about it. You know that we're on CTN, right? The podcast on CTN. So you just go through there. I want you to do this sometime. I'm not saying, please don't send these people crazy letters with the name Foundation Church on it. (laughs) Pastor Tom, no, I didn't tell you to do anything. I'm telling you to do only one thing. I'm not telling you to contact these people. But go through the names on CTN, God TV, Daystar. Where are those people? Why aren't they boldly proclaiming like Rodney Howard Brown? Why weren't they arrested like Rodney Howard Brown? Why? Why weren't they arrested like Arthur Pulaski? Why weren't you arrested, Tom? Free to come. I never shut down. I told you I met with law enforcement out in front of our church because I was having a lunatic trespassed out of here. I don't mess around. You're some freaking weirdo. You won't be here long. If you are, you better hide yourself because I can, <laughs> I can smell you. You won't be here long. But I went up to law enforcement and, they, and I said, hey, how you doing? I'm, and I was going to introduce myself, former cop, blah, blah, blah. And they go, they interrupted me. We know you. So we were on the radar, folks, for a raid probably. But because Rodney Howard Brown took the pinch, DeSantis deemed churches to be essential. Don't, don't think, listen, I love Ron DeSantis, but Ron DeSantis was brought into that realm by Rodney Howard Brown. I don't care what you think of Rodney the laughing. Whatever it is, you do what you want. I don't care. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. But he is a hero in the faith. He's a, he is why we have what we call FF, Free Florida. It's not Ron DeSantis. You needed a national figure, an international figure to take the pinch. Where are the rest of them? Think if they all did it. Man, I want to name names. Think if they all did it. They'd be scared of the church. But since they all acquiesced and they all cooperated and capitulated, they just keep pouring it out. Oh, you know what? You know, leader, former leader and conservative pundit. Again, I cannot say the names right now because God is putting a restraining on me. Former, you know, Southern Baptist theological seminary leader coming out in favor of the vaccines. Huge church. Numerous other leaders. And I guess all those people, I, I, I don't understand. Now you, maybe you were duped for 18 months of 15 days to flatten the curve. But after the proliferation of vaccine passports, and you went to Bible college, unlike this guy right here who pushed a police car around for 25 years. You went to Bible college, you broke down the book of Revelation, and you see the proliferation where you can't buy, sell, trade, or travel without the thing, and it doesn't cause you to repent. You are spiritually blind. You're just like the Pharisees. Spiritually blind. Jonathan Shuttlesworth put this out in a tweet. Hang on a second. According to this document, 
the Pentecostal Assemblies of Newfoundland, Canada, in Labrador, agreed to institute the Vax Pass in exchange for money from the Canadian government. Hashtag sellout. That can't be true. Oh, really? There it is. It's true. Newfoundland health minister offered incentive to church leaders to use Vax passports. NL health minister, an internal memo to executives of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Newfoundland and Labrador reveals that Newfoundland Minister of Health, Dr. John Hagee, offered an incentive, in quotes, an incentive for faith-based organizations to embrace vaccine passports for people aged 12 or above. 10 days later, after the incentive, October 18th announced the government had made NL Vax Pass mandatory for all faith-based organizations. So, they go in and give them their quote-unquote incentive. Ten days later, it's passed without argument, without protest. Who's standing in Canada outside of Artur Pulaski? Name them. And I'm, listen, name the big names. And the U.S. is no different. The only difference between the U.S. and Canada is this. Zooks, don't take any offense. Love you guys. I love Canada. The only difference is Canadians aren't as armed as we are. And the Canadians don't have those Bud Light redneck conservatives that don't, do not want to be told what to do. Everybody else from Quebec and Toronto, they're just going on to get along. By the way, Archer told me that. Archer Pulaski said that Canadians want to be nice to everybody. Now the Zooks aren't that way. Zook's got spines. <laughs> Guns and guts. They're just Americans now. Come on. Do what it takes. Pray over them. They just seek asylum in America from the underground church in Canada. There's an underground church in Canada. That's where all those Romans 13 Christians that closed their churches. I wonder if they're now going to send their money. Remember, they, remember that argument? All the, all the Romans, it was all over Facebook, oh, you know, we're to obey our ruling authorities. Okay, well, now that the ruling authorities have closed the church in Canada, are you now going to violate Romans 13 and send money to the underground church in Canada like you've been sending money to the underground church in China in violation of your own Romans 13 rules? Again! That's where we're at. That's what's going on in Canada. How do you not know? How do you not know that it's the precursor to the mark of the beast? Or even the beginning of the mark of the beast? How hard do you think it's going to be to transfer a QR code from your phone into a chip in your forehead or hand? It's already happening. You know the verse, Revelation 13, 16, and 17. I read it to you already. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell this is what we are restraining without the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. As a Christian, am I stopping that or ushering it in? Well, if I'm part of the Newfoundland Pentecostal Assemblies, I think we have found the answer. 
Because not only in Newfoundland can you not buy, sell, trade, or travel, you can't go into a Pentecostal church without your vax pass. Somebody's standing at the door. Whoop. My phone would bounce off their skull before I would ever have somebody bleep me into a church. If I didn't turn it sideways, rip their pants down, and shove it up their own caboose. See, some of you thought, some of you thought, he does care. I don't. I don't. <laughs> Tom, you'll be miserable when I leave. No, I won't. I love you enough not to weep over you. Oh, stay, stay. It's the worst thing you can do. It's what all the lousy parents do with their kids. Oh, I'm not disciplining you so we can be friends. They're going to hate you. They already do. It's just like all the men who become women so that their wife will love them. She hates you, even though she's the one telling you to be a woman. You've got to understand the contradiction of women. <laughs> Bring it on. I don't care. I've been dealing with humanity all my life. 25 years of police calls. 20 years of ministry. I know what you do. The carnality of men is lust. The carnality of women is contradiction. <laughs> Become a woman. Become a woman. Now I hate you. Now I hate you. I have no respect for you. You're welcome. I'm helping your marriage right now. St women, stop trying to turn your marriage into a lesbian relationship. You're welcome. <laughs> this is what should be happening in every church right now. Everybody else is afraid. I'm not afraid. I don't, I don't preach for attendance. I preach for two reasons. For the word of God and for my own entertainment. <laughs> in that order. <laughs> Am I an usher or am I a restrainer? Which one are you? And where should I be in the faith? Finishing here. I see the time. Eight minutes and we have to be gone. Or not even, I don't, I'm already minus two. Am I already minus two? Or I have to. Well, you guys have changed it because before you had me at minus by this time. Oh, oh green is good. Green's good. All right. So where should I be in the faith? Revelation 13, 18. Here is wisdom. You know where you ought to be? When someone tells you here is wisdom, go to here. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. You should be understanding what you're seeing. But does the modern church calculate what they're seeing? Most Christians aren't calculating the number of the beast. Let him who, understand, who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. 
and that number is 666. Most Christians are not calculating this at all. Right now, worship team, make your way. Why? Stay with me even though there's a herd coming this way. Why are they not? They're too busy being cooperative and complicit in the name of love. How many of you believe that being a nice in all situations is Christian? Jesus wasn't, so why are you? Am I saying be rude and arrogant? No, because God is love and rude and arrogant is the opposite of love. I'm saying that there are times not to be complicit. There are times to not cooperate. Jesus certainly didn't stop doing what he was doing because he was being accused of violating their own Pharisaic code, which wasn't even the law. It was a Pharisaic cult that they had made up. Can't do this, can't do that, can't do this, can't do that. Was he complicit? Did he go along to get along to get their approval? Absolutely not. But that's what's happening today. I'll finish with this, and this is where we will launch in the second service. Why don't they get it? It's a verse you hear all the time around this church. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. The natural man, the one who just thinks natural, written to the Christian, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. This message that I preach today, not that I'd ever get another get an invitation to preach at any other church. If I preached it at any church in this area, they would walk out the back door in the midst of it. And they would and they would be when they were if they didn't walk out, they would go be in their cars going, What was he talking about? That was not very loving. Like the woman on the podcast last night. What kind of church is this? How could he talk like that? It's Bible verses. When the angels start hurling people into the lake of fire and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire by angels of God. That's not very loving. Yes, it is. Because God is love. And God is the word of God. And that trumps all versions of love. That's why Jesus said, because he is the word. Psalm chapter uh, 138, verse two. For I have magnified my word. It says you, it's in, the, it's in the third person. For you have magnified your word above all your name. We are to stand in the word. Amen. Stand with. Thank you so much for joining us. We know that when there are this many people in person or watching online, that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with Christ. If that's you, and you would like a relationship with Jesus that washes away the stain of sin, you will need to start by repenting of your sin, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. 
We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.